Good morning, everyone. It's good to be back. Well, it looks like the the vaccines are having a great effect. We just pray that continues. Pretty soon, Lord willing, we'll be we'll be back and open. And we just pray that it continues and the young ones could get vaccinated soon too. Let's just open in a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for this this Sunday morning. Just pray that you uh, give me the words today, for it is you that does the speaking, Lord, not me. We just pray for this message. May it uh, just bring glory to you. In Jesus' name, amen. First of all, Taylor, thank you. That song was incredible. You guys probably think me and Tay are in cahoots, but we're not. That one fits this topic like a glove, and you'll see it throughout this and at the very end. <clears throat> you know, if, if living in this area, if you're a sports fan, as I am, it, we are really uh, fortunate. We, we like winners. We like to root for winners. Some of us love to compete, have fellowship, and we're competitive, and it's all good. And we like to win, and if we don't, that's okay too. We have the Warriors, championships. The A's won a few. The Giants won three in a decade. The Sharks, we won't talk about him, but we'll still root for the Sharks. But the 49ers, they won a bunch of... Super Bowls, but it was a long time ago, and two years ago, they came very close, a play or two away, and it left a bad taste in everybody's mouth. So this year, they have a good good team, and they traded three of their number one picks to get another quarterback, and the Bay Area media was just a buzz for a whole month because they thought they knew who the coach was going to take. And the Bay Area was against it, like nine out of ten people. But to their surprise, he picked one of the more popular choices, a young man who seems to have a lot of integrity. He's a popular pick, and I hope it works out well. But sometimes these number one picks do not work out. Winning in sports is everyone, is everything. They don't remember who came in second in Super Bowls, but they remember who wins. In baseball, Ty Cobb is considered the best hitter of all time with a 366 lifetime batting average. So that means he failed 64 times out of 100 to get a hit. Jack Nicholas, the greatest major winner in golf of all time. He won 18 major championships but he came in second 19 times. And Dan Marino is in the Hall of Fame as a quarterback, yet he never won the Super Bowl. As the saying goes, you can't win them all unless you are Jesus Christ. He cannot lose. He won in the past, he wins today, and we know he will win in the future. Jesus is the winner. That's what I'm going to talk about today. Jesus is the winner. I have a lot of verses, but I'm going to try to make my case, prosecute this, this topic. And I'm going to like time track some of the events that took place that people did to stop God's plan of bringing Jesus Christ to earth. And it continues today. 
It's a futile battle by the enemy against Christ, his plan, and his kingdom. It started very early. Satan, the deceiver, tried to deceive Adam and Eve to diminish God's power. He was successful in deceiving them. The people, they refused to listen to the prophets Micah, Habakkuk, and Isaiah, who all wrote and spoke about the Lord's coming. Jeremiah, the weeping prophet, he preached over and over for the people to repent and return to the Lord. They would not listen to God's message through him. Even after repeating it many times, they threw him in a well and then later stoned him. Isaiah was sawn in two. They refused to believe Isaiah 53 and this beautiful passage in 9.6. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Beautiful verse. All those great attributes, yet the people did not want any part of that. Amos was tortured to death. Habakkuk, as mentioned, preached about the coming of the Messiah. The Jews stoned him to death. Ezekiel wrote much prophecy, and he was killed. Then Jesus was born exactly as foretold by the angels and the prophets. King Herod, who wanted to be the only king, heard of it, and he tried to persuade the wise men to come back to see him so he could locate the baby Jesus, and we know that was a con, and go worship him. He wanted to be the only king. The Lord, in a dream, told the wise men to go back home another way, which they did. And Herod did not get the location, and the baby lived on. Jesus wins again. Then Herod ordered the killing of all the male children in the area. The Lord spoke to Joseph in a dream, and he told him to go to Egypt with Mary and Jesus. Another plan was thwarted. Years later, Herod died, and the Lord again spoke to Joseph in a dream, sending them eventually back to Nazareth. You're not going to thwart God's plans. And we have John the Baptist later. He prepared the way. He preached to the coming Messiah, telling them to re repent for the kingdom of heaven was near. Then when he saw Jesus, he exclaimed, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. He was here. He baptized Jesus and many others. And then later, as we know, John was beheaded. Satan again tried. He tested Jesus in the wilderness to no avail, and Jesus prevailed. They even rejected Jesus in his hometown. And as Jesus picked his disciples and began his ministry, he was healing and saving many from the great, great crowds. His following grew tremendously, but so did his enemies. Many enemies were created along the way. They preferred the status quo. 
They included the Jewish leaders and the Roman leaders, and they united in a plot to kill Jesus, as we know. And whenever Jesus healed and saved people in towns, sometimes their businesses were impacted. The townspeople rejected him despite the healing that he did and the saving that he did because they were hurting. Jesus was damaging their economy. So they were so self-centered and that was what they was concerned with. Very short-sighted. What a contrast. Jesus continues to heal and save. As today, same as today, people are blind and stubborn. And of course, they crucified Jesus just as he said would happen, and it confirmed what was written in Isaiah 53. People settle for so much less by taking the here and now, living for what they have today, and denying the great life that Jesus gives us and the great future that we have in him. And Jesus knew of the plots. He even told his disciples in Matthew 26, 2, it says, As you know, the Passover is two days away, and the Son of Man will be handed over to be crucified. And we know that happened, but that plan was foiled too. Pilate heard that Jesus was preaching that he was going to rise on the third day. So here's what Pilate did, which was not going to accomplish anything, as we know. In Matthew 27, 65 and 66, it says, Take a guard, Pilate answered. Go make the tomb as secure as you know how. So they went and made the tomb secure by putting a seal on the stone and posting the guard. No stone is going to prevent Jesus from rising from the dead. He foiled this plan, and then immediately after that, to the women who came to the tomb, it says in Matthew 28, He is not here. He has risen, just as he said. Come and see the place where he lay. Suddenly Jesus met them. Greetings, he said. They came to him, clasped his feet, and worshipped him. Amen. What a sight. And then he appeared to, as we know, the disciples later, and many, many, many people over the next time periods, many saw him as the risen Jesus. And where is Jesus now? How did their efforts work? Their plan did not work out at all. It failed. Satan failed. In 1 Peter 3.22 it says, Jesus Christ has gone into heaven and is at God's right hand with angels, authorities, and powers in submission to him. Praise God for that. We serve a risen Savior. He rules today, and that was the biggest victory of all time. That made history. His enemies were defeated. In Revelation 118, he says, nobody else can say this ever in the past, present, or future. I am the living one. I was dead, and now look, I am alive forever and ever, and I hold the keys of death and Hades.
incredible. The grave could not hold him. They tried to cancel Christ, but instead, Christ canceled death. Amazing. What a Savior. Then they tried to stop the disciples, as we know, and the apostles from spreading the gospel. But that was impossible. They spread the word everywhere they went, even as they were being flogged, persecuted, falsely accused and tried, jailed, beaten, stoned, and killed. They turned the world upside down, and many, many believed. They tried and failed to stop the gospel as it continued to spread throughout different countries, despite much persecution. Paul and Matthew were beheaded. Peter was crucified upside down. Andrew and Nathaniel were tortured to death. James was killed with the sword. Philip was hung or crucified, and Jude was crucified. Thomas was killed with a spear. Jude was killed, as was Simon. None of these men were losers. They were all winners. Our lives here are short, and what we do for Christ is the most important. We have an eternity with him. These men are all with the Savior today. They believed wholeheartedly so much that they were willing to be martyred for him. Amen. Because in John 10, 28, it says, I give them eternal life and they shall never perish. No one will snatch them out of my hand. They might have died as some of our brothers and sisters have died, but they were not out of his hands. He has their souls and in eternity with him. He won on the cross And by doing that, he allowed us to join him as victors. In 1 Corinthians 15, 57, it says, But thanks be to God, he gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. What a Savior. Christ was victorious. Satan was defeated. He was the loser. He's always a loser. In Christ's death on the cross, Now death has no sting, for he rose on the third day. He gave his life so we could have eternal life with him, not eternal life in hell. In competitions that we're we're familiar with, these sporting events, the outcome is unknown. That's why they play the game. There's always upsets. If you choose Christ, there is no upset. We know what the outcome will be for a certainty. He knows the future. He knows the end of the story, which he tells us in his word. And that's why it's called the gospel or good news. And he tells us things in advance. It's great. It's like, you know, a place in fire and... um, Many organizations, you have a briefing 
about an important event that's coming up, and then you have a debriefing after. And in the briefing, you say what the plan is going to be, the routes, who's stationed where, what's supposed to happen. And there's always a backup plan if we need to change it in the middle of it. There's contingencies in case something goes wrong. But the Lord has no backup plan because his plan always comes to fruition. He doesn't need to change it. And what he says will happen. And he tells us this, it strengthens us. And this, by hearing these things, it gives us something very rare these days, a blessed assurance. And you know what that first line of that song is? It's blessed assurance. Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine, heir of salvation, purchase of God, born of his spirit, washed in his blood. We have assurances, comfort, and we get peace from what he tells us in his word. And I'm just going to go over this briefing. It was a long briefing he gave to his disciples over the period in John 14 to 16. Here's just some bullet points of what he told them to give them comfort because they did not know as we wouldn't know what was going on either. And you're familiar with them, but I'm just making the case here. He says, don't be troubled. I'm going to prepare a place for you so we can see him in the future. He is the only way to the Father. He will do whatever we ask in his name to bring glory to the Father. And he gives us the Holy Spirit. We can't produce fruit without him. We can't do anything on our own. He's the vine or the branches. If we stick and remain in him, he will remain in us. He chooses us, calls us friends, and he lays down his life for friends. Boy, how does that make you feel? And we see this today. The world hated and persecuted him, and they're going to do the same to his friends, and persecution is increasing in this country to join many other, other countries in the world. The Holy Spirit will teach us and remind us of these things. And grief will turn to joy when we see him. Amen. The world will give us trouble. We know that. But Christ has overcome the world. And then later, he prayed for his friends, just as he does for us. The word says the Holy Spirit prays for us. And this is why... He did that extensive briefing in John 16, 33. It says, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. Amen. We see that every day. We see trouble, no peace, but in Christ we have a peace. The world through everything it had against him, but he overcame Satan and the world. In a world with little peace, we have peace in Christ. And today, Jesus continues to save, despite what all the things that are changing in our country, he continues to save. The world tries 
as hard as they can to drive Christ out of everything in movies, television, politics, entertainment, the education community, the teaching agenda has changed a lot since I went to school. Even various churches, as you know, have gone against the, the tenets of the gospel. And businesses worldwide, you see this everywhere, even Disneyland, uh, they, op- they adopted anything that anything goes policy except Christ. Everything is acceptable except Christ. And in the shows, every show has this. Anybody that goes against the new morals is considered off and not accepting things, and they try to cancel that person. They can never cancel Christ. And Satan, every day, we know this, we all go through this. He battles us with temptations and distractions. But in Christ, we can overcome that. He gives us a way out of that temptation cycle. As Paul writes in 1 Corinthians 10.13, No temptation has overtaken you except what is common to man. And God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so that you can endure it. And we need that. There's a... uh, There's a group called Open Doors that studies uh, missionaries throughout the world. And we know missionaries are getting killed for the cause of Christ. And they they have a thing called Open Doors Watch List. And they're tracking 50 countries where Christians are persecuted. And some of their stats are uh, every day 13 Christians worldwide are killed. Twelve churches or Christian buildings are attacked. Twelve Christians are unjustly arrested or imprisoned. And another five are abducted. It's terrible. That's in their, that's in their 2021 World Watch list. And they say, you might think that this is all about oppression, but it is really all about resiliency. The numbers of God's people who are suffering should mean that church is dying, that Christians are keeping quiet, losing their faith, and turning away from one another. But that's not what is happening. Instead, the words of God recorded by the prophet Isaiah say in Isaiah 43:19, See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not want to perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. So the word is spreading. We, we see the headlines, the horrible headlines. We know what's happening, but the word continues to be spread. We read about China all the time and North Korea and, and how Christians are persecuted, but the word continues to spread. You can't stop Jesus. And as his victory over Satan overcame the world, he makes us conquerors as well. We're more than conquerors through him who loved us. In Romans 8, 37, 39, it says, Now in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, 
nor any powers, neither height nor depth nor anything else in the whole creation will be able to separate us from the love that is in Jesus Christ our Lord. Amazing. Love defeated evil on that cross. Our position with him is secure. We can't be shaken. So what about the, what about the adversary, the tormentor? He continues. He's got a lot of people fooled. I love this verse in the original translation, Revelation 20.10. He gets his. And the devil that deceived them was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone where the beast and the false prophet are and shall be tormented day and night forever and ever. His day will come. You know, in all the, I'm talking about sports. In all these sports, what was the last big one? I forget. Uh, whoever wins the World Series, NBA, um, Super Bowl, the whole thing, they celebrate, you see them on TV, they celebrate like crazy, but then you see the coaches about two weeks later, they're already trying to build the team for next year. Their moment at that pinnacle is short-lived because they have to go defend their title, and it takes they practice the whole year to strengthen themselves to defend their title. We are on Christ's team. We don't have to redo everything once we're saved, we are saved. We anticipate with confidence his return to take us home. We can celebrate every day, and that is a blessing. And we see this persecution and rising, and the attacks against Christians are growing. We see it all the time. I mean, people that used to be defending Christianity are now wavering and almost attacking it in certain circles. But we know it's been told that it's going to happen. It's happening. It's a confirmation of God's word again. But we know we are winners with Christ. We're on the winning side. Jesus is the winner. And Satan has lost the battle. Now, I said we weren't in cahoots, but tell me if this verse does not fit what we talked about today. This is what Taylor sang, the song Forever. She sang it beautifully. The war on death was waged, the power of hell forever broken. The ground began to shake, the stone was rolled away. His perfect love could not be overcome. Now death, where is your sting? Our resurrected king has rendered you defeated. Forever he is glorified. Forever he is lifted high. Forever he is risen, he is alive. Sounded better when Tay did it, huh? I agree. So let's praise him today. We are on the right side. Let's move forward with confidence and assurance. Stay with him. Keep following the Lord. Amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, we just praise you for your word. We praise you for dying on that cross for us and rising and allowing us to be victors and conquerors through you by rising again from that tomb. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen.